Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Why, hello, everybody. Good evening. Hello there. After, uh, hey. <laughs> I was like, I was about to say, oh, my God, it's the, uh, it's, um, it's a Holocaust cloak. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, whoa. <laughs> <Jedi>. Nice. <laughs> I going to say, you're, nice. uh, are you on the brute squad? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was just Very letting good. everybody know if, if uh, Ewan McGregor dies in a horrible train accident or something in the near future and they want to do a sequel. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I'm right here. Uh, already got the saber. Oh, welcome back to the show, Hank. We've missed you. How's it going, fellas? Uh, we are doing very well. We've uh, kept the fires burning bright in your absence. Excellent. Yes, sir. Life and, life uh, uh, gets in the way all the of time. Of course it does. Of course it does. It finds a way. Oh, but here we are. Um, we had, after uh, last week with some technical uh, difficulties, uh, that really kind of threw us for a loop. I think we've got everything ironed out this week. Uh, word of warning, I am running a new camera this week. So if things look a little odd, that's because I haven't quite figured out how to use it yet. <laughs> but we're getting there. Awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, there's a little thing coming up here. You may or may not have heard of it. It's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. But we swear we're not a Star Wars show. <laughs> And while we're on that subject, have I told you that Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite Star Wars character ever? I've heard that. We share that sentiment, actually. This, uh, yeah. without a doubt, this is the most excited I've been for a Star Wars project. Uh, well, the most excitement I've had over a Star Wars uh, television project. I yeah. Have like, uh, yeah, I've not had this amount of excitement for... And I love the Mandalorian and I really love Boba Fett, but nothing has had me like this, like <gasps> must have it now kind of. Yeah, I, I've been really, really good at this one. Uh, just keeping my nose out of the the rumors and the uh, the vitriol. Like I see the headlines, yeah, but yeah, I haven't yeah. been clicking on them all. Uh, I've, uh, I've the, done the my weird, best weird way from weird rabbit hole that people are going down in terms of negativity already. Oh, yeah. And oh, so I know. I'm just I'm staying. I'm trying to stay far away from that. And I'm actually trying to stay as as spoiler free as I can. Uh, I and don't. I've watched the trailer extensively, and and, and uh, I have a few ideas and speculations. Sure, so we'll, we'll definitely get into that. But I haven't been reading all the uh, the crazy rumors or the. Uh, no, I mean me I read either. an article how they wanted to, uh, you know, a few of the the background stuff I, I've I've got caught up on. But I, <clears throat> I've been sort of steering. I've been 
honing in on my own speculations rather than paying attention to what other folks have been saying. Yeah, I as hard as I have tried to stay away from it, part of the uh, the pitfall of, of the style of show that we do is that we will never be first. Uh, just to put that out there right now, we will never be first. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, there are very few, if any, shows that that do it the way that we do uh, that touch on all the lore connections sort of in the moment. You get these like it's true. 10, 15 minute videos that, that kind of summarize things, but leave it to you to go find the rest. Well, exactly. Whereas yeah. we like to sort of like talk about it, you know, cause we just presume that, you know, the audience that's watching with us, yes, we assume you're a star Wars fan, but at the same time, we don't presume that you have the depth of knowledge that maybe uh, some of us do. And yeah. so we just, I we may just or love may to not share that novel this week, <laughs> <laughs> a whole one. Yeah. Master and apprentice actually. Oh, excellent. Let's we'll talk yeah. about that too. But um, I took the liberty. We're going to do things a little different this week. Uh, part of this whole uh, learn the technology, new camera, and new style of doing the show this week. Uh, this week we are we're importing our slides from uh, from Google Slides. So uh, that means we will be on camera the whole time. <laughs> There'll be no hiding behind overlays this week. No, nice. But I thought you know um, this has been a a really interesting. It's been an interesting roadmap to get to the point where uh, the show is coming. It's uh, coming May 25th. But there was a period of time where uh, Obi-Wan was in limbo and we didn't think we were going to get anything at all. And I wanted to start with sort of the beginning of the roadmap to how we got to where we are now. And uh, I'm going to do that right Three now. years of, of, of uh, Ewan McGregor doing uh, Andrew Garfield impressions. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure. I mean, uh, if they wanted me to come and play Obi-Wan, I, I, I might be interested in doing that, but right. no one's no, talked to me. No one's knocked on my door yet. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, everybody, welcome uh, to our very first, our inaugural episode of our next uh deep dive review series this one's called the high ground obviously it is our our uh, look at uh, obi-wan kenobi and uh the name was chosen by you it was yeah fan good point. vote that's a good point to put out there we did we put out a a, a poll uh, on our social media i also shopped it around some other uh nerd groups and uh this was the uh, by a landslide this was the title that got the most votes awesome i personally wanted to use from a certain point of view, but uh, <laughs> my vote did not count. <laughs> yeah, it counts. We'll, we'll see how pretentious we get now. <laughs> oh, I know. The high ground. That was my fear, right? It's like, we call the show the high ground. Does that sound like we're like morally superior or something? No, it's just a <laughs> tactic that has served Obi-Wan yeah. well. Uh, that's right. true. That is true. Yes, yes. He learned it the hard way and continued to utilize it. Uh, that's true. Uh, so believe it or not, um, the Obi-Wan series uh, started all the way back in uh, 2013. Everybody remember the uh, when uh, Walt Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm? Do I? Sounds yeah. familiar. <laughs> well, part of the... Uh, I was on a gallows for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Disney buys the company and then immediately Bob Iger decides that uh, they're going to they like almost immediately announce a ton of uh, Star Wars spin-offs including uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi a film and uh, at that time the uh, the film was to be written by uh, Hossein Amini 
who, if you're not familiar with, wrote the screenplay for uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, as well as uh, 47 Ronin, and was supposed to be directed by Stephen Daldry, who uh, has directed four episodes of The Crown and is also known for doing several Broadway productions. Yeah, Obi-Wan could use a musical number. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan's done some musical numbers. You're not seeing uh, um, the Moulin Rouge? Uh, actually, I have not seen that yet. So the, here's here's your Moulin Rouge connection. Um, in that film, Ewan McGregor's character, uh, his love interest, her name is Satine. Oh, there you go. So now you know the Duchess Satine, where that comes from. It's a it's an homage to uh, the Moulin Rouge. Oh, nice. So, yeah. nice so, so do we think that the uh, connection in Beauty and the Beast is that he got to play the role of Anakin on fire? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> he played Lumiere. I don't <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord anakin on fire <laughs> well that was in like that's 2013 so then we get this like three-year gap where there's nothing there's just nothing and and of course ewan mcgregor goes on to live his life and does some other work and and of course people ask him right it's like hey you know if you were ever willing to you know if somebody were to ask you do you think you'd be willing to come back to the role so I think somewhere around 2016, he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, if that were to happen, you know, I, I would be okay with it. But there was no uh, no formal plan uh, for this to happen right. that, we, that we know of. If Disney shows up with money, take it. Right. <laughs> so then we're going we're gonna to fast forward. We're going to hop in the time machine. We're going to jump ahead another couple of years. We jump into 2018, where at that time, the film was rumored to be called uh, Obi-Wan, A Star Wars Story. And the plot was uh, said to be centered around protecting a young Luke Skywalker while dealing with tensions between the Tusken Raiders and the moisture farmers, which, by the way, if you have not read, sounds an awful lot like the uh, 2013 uh, Kenobi novel written by uh, John Jackson Miller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so, a nine. It's a nine out of ten novel. Oh, it is. It's it fantastic. really is good. Uh, it's in Legends. fact, I think that's the last Legends novel I read before right. the before they sold the farm. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, it, it's good. I I like it's it. It's real good, actually. Yeah, I agree. But we know what happened. Those uh, Star Wars stories. I mean, we had Rogue One come out, and it was just like this this hit that everybody, almost everybody, you know, kind of loved. And then uh, the follow up in uh, 2018, we've got uh, Solo. Solo comes out, and uh, unfortunately, it's considered a box office failure, having earned just $393.2 million against its $275 million budget. So apparently $120 million is crap. It's, yeah, well, that's the thing with Hollywood, right? Like, this whole, because your marketing costs are factored a, into your production budget. A billion is the new million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got right? to double your production budget to be considered successful. Double. Ooh. So, I mean, and Solo right now is enjoying kind of a, a bit of a, I don't want to say if it's a renaissance, but I mean, it is definitely, I think the fans uh, have softened over this one that, you know, people going back to watch it now, subsequently through streaming, people who are discovering it now, I think are way more forgiving of it than maybe they were at the box office. It's a solid movie. I loved it. The box. I office. very much enjoyed it as yeah. well. Um, it didn't take me very, I think I, you know, by... 45 minutes in i wasn't seeing alden ehrenreich anymore i was seeing no. Han Solo. <clears throat> the character absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the thing that struck me actually well considering that it was a, a box office failure that kind of met, put you know every 
uh, Star Wars story film that was in the works were all canceled. Everything gets canceled. Um, but behind the scenes, and we don't know it at that time, is that the Obi-Wan movie gets uh, reworked into a, uh, into a limited series. All right. So uh, then we jump ahead a couple more years. And this, is, this was the, the big one. And I can remember, like, I remember watching this. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it the same day. The D23 Expo from tw- uh, 2019, where uh, at the end of the presentation, Lucasfilm uh, President Kathleen Kennedy announces Ewan McGregor. She brings him out on stage, and they have a little interaction with each other, and it kind of sounded like this. Ewan? Yes? Are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Yes. <laughs> I think I uh, was just as excited as everybody in that room. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then that kind of that kind of brought us to this whole, uh, you know, I mean, and, and I mean, I'm not the only one. I'm sure everybody around the world was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but then that you get that whole, uh, as you said before, Hank, the Andrew Garfield thing. We find out later on, like the relief that the man felt that he could finally talk about it, right? Um, apparently he had accepted the role four years earlier. So back in 2015, right. Couldn't even tell his wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think he yeah. did though? I well, bet he did. I mean, you know, pillow talk is exceptionally <laughs> open. Do you have star Wars pillow talk? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my pillow and I get along extraordinarily well. Right. Well, that series, uh, it's changed into a series. He's accepted the role. The series is confirmed to be a six-episode uh, six episode limited series based on uh, scripts that are, are turned in by uh, the f- aforementioned um, Hossein Amini. Right. Just got to find out where I'm here. Here we go. Right. So um, <laughs> September 2019, we get Deborah Chow announced uh, as confirmed to... Uh, to direct the series because uh, her episodes of the Mandalorian apparently impressed uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Right. So if you don't remember her episodes, uh, those were uh, Mandalorian chapter three. That's the episode where Mando delivers the asset to the client and then has a change of heart and then rescues him instead. And then she directed chapter seven, the reckoning where Mando returns to uh, Navarro cutting a deal with grief Karga to rid the town of Imperials and Moff Gideon is in- introduced in that. So two super, super strong episodes that got her this new job. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's uh, scheduled to direct the whole thing. January 2020 uh, pre-production begins at uh, Pinewood Studios in uh, London. By the end of the month, uh, rumors are swirling that the uh, series uh, is canceled due to production issues. In truth, the series has been placed on indefinite hold because the overarching plot is said to be too similar to the Mandalorian's Lone Wolf and Cub theme. Yes. The uh, idea of the uh, wise mentor, you know, looking after the or protecting the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently it's come out uh, recently that both uh, that Dave Filoni had a lot to do with sort of like pushing them. I think the words were do more. Yeah. Yeah. Do go, more. Go bigger. And also. Yeah. The rumors were that it was it was strongly uh, an Obi Wan wandering the desert for a brief period with a young Luke, oh, and, really? and and heavily involving Tusken Raiders, very similar wow. to the Kenobi novel. So 
yeah. think Filoni was Filoni was like uh, doing it already, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and perhaps go a different direction. I right. also think that the the rumors around that have, I'm, we'll probably get to that deeper in a sec. But the rumors sure. uh, swirling around them having written Maul out as the original antagonist uh, probably have a lot to do with Filoni's plans for Maul uh, coming uh, up. That could very well be. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, and we are going to touch on that here coming up here shortly. Okay. So April, uh, where are we going to, we're, uh, oh my Lord, we're in January, 2020 right now. We jump ahead a few months to April and, uh, Joby Harold is suddenly hired to write new scripts, uh, because they're not really thrilled with, uh, Amini's scripts. Uh, and Joby Harold is actually, uh, the writer on the upcoming Transformers rise of the beasts. He's also the co-writer of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. That came out on Netflix, I think, uh, what, late last year? Mm-hmm. Late last year? It's actually, it's not too bad, actually. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he's also the uh, executive producer on John Wick 3, Parabellum. And, of course, Deborah Chow is still, uh, still on board. Nothing's happened to her, so. Then by October that year, uh, the COVID pandemic is at full swing, and so then everything is basically uh, delayed. And uh, we don't get anything until well, several months later when we get into uh, May 2021. They ramp the production back up. Only now we're filming in uh, Los Angeles. We're no longer at Pinewood in London. And then uh, actually it's not that long. May uh, start filming in May. The whole production wrapped in uh, September. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we get another big gap here because we don't hear much about the production until this year. Uh, so like this two year gap, which of course, a lot of post-production work, including February of this year, John Williams records the main title theme for Obi-Wan, uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Super excited. Comes it's out of his, retirement. <laughs> it's his first television theme since Steven Spielberg's amazing stories back in 1985. Wicked. So, uh, that's a huge deal. He started doing TV too. eh? Mm -hmm. We talked about Mm -hmm. that on our TV episode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Star Wars music, as we are, uh, go back to the original soundtrack and the track Binary Sunset, uh, which is the theme that uh, is basically associated with the Force, was actually written as a theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. So this is actually the second time that he's written a theme for Obi-Wan? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Binary Sunrise now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Eh? Uh, and then we jump ahead to uh, March. March 9th of this year, we get the first uh, teaser trailer. And then a couple days later on the, the uh, 14th, uh, the Hollywood Reporter runs an article that uh, said during script overhauls, Darth Maul, who was originally set to be one of the series antagonists, was written out. Additionally, the article also mentions an unnamed child actor previously cast to play Luke Skywalker has been replaced by young Grant Feely, whose only acting credit is a single episode of Creep Show. Yeah. If anybody says anything about Grant Feely, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I don't know anything about this young fellow. No, so but let's 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 enjoy him and, and leave him alone, unlike what we did with Jake Lloyd. <laughs> this kid so yeah, exactly. This kid, this kid is about to be the hero you wanted to be when you were his age. Right. He's getting his shot. That's right. Yes. Yes, and sandstorms are very, very dangerous. <laughs> they so sure can be, yeah. Just everybody be real nice to that kid. Uh, 
Well, once again, we got to touch in with our dear friend Pablo Hidalgo because uh, <laughs> the, ver- the very next day, Pablo Hidalgo tweets from his private account, by the way, which, if you were, uh, if you recall, um, his public account, his Lucasfilm account, is the only one that he communicates officially through. Um, he had that uh, interaction with uh, YouTuber Star Wars Theory, yeah, which resulted in him uh, basically to, uh, making his Twitter account private. But uh, a bunch of people were were discussing the uh, the Darth Maul rumor, and uh, he piped up on his personal account to say, "A brown sun rises." Bullshit has been spilled, refuting the uh, refuting that claim. Hmm. Um. Doesn't Pablo Hidalgo have an interesting relationship with the fan base? <laughs> yeah. The thing is that there's no real reason to to call it bullshit unless it was. Like, there's nothing in it for him to... No. You know what I mean? So Nothing gained from this. Yeah. No. Well, and he, so I mean, I, he could be feuding with Filoni because Filoni's got, you know... I don't know what level of uh, control you have as story group ruler what is he what was head it? of the head, head of the story, of the story group? group is that what like, we call him yeah yeah like yeah <clears throat> i mean is he the face is he the just the the voice of them is he like how much power does this cat actually have i tweeted him a question one time he never got back to me yeah uh, we've all tweeted him. <laughs> well let's but let's put it into perspective here because for people who don't understand exactly what the story group is now the story group is a, a think tank of Lucasfilm employees who are supposed to be extremely well-versed in the lore, like make us look like newbies, right? who are to ensure consistency across all Star Wars media. So the video games, film, TV, comic books, novels, all of those things under the new canon are supposed to be intertwined and interconnected, and they are not supposed to conflict with each other. So... Are we saying he's essentially the like a librarian, the keeper of the ancient text, keeper of the lore, the yeah, lore well, keeper? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I guess maybe not power, but uh, if you have to run everything through that guy's group before you I can tell a story, so, yeah. right? I guess. They, oh, that's they true. Have a, yeah, yeah, a bit of power. They they probably have a a veto, I guess. On, maybe on whatever you might want to do. Uh, so in terms of, yeah, that, I don't know. He just he does have a way of not being like. Uh, a PR guy in terms of, of interacting with fans. He's no he's rubbed. Like I, I used to be a big sort of fan of his because uh, uh, myself as well. And then he just, uh, he started with a few fans and I was like, that's just some lowbrow stuff. Like, yeah. 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 You know what, <laughs> what, what does it cost you to be uh, nice? Who knows though? Like he could be on a leash too, right? Like Filoni could come with him or come to him and say, okay, here's right. what I'm doing. Make it work. Well, see, now that's what I was, yeah. Think, yeah, I was yeah, getting yeah. at because Filoni, uh, you can't really call him an upstart. He's been at, in the game. Uh, not since, anymore. No, but he's been in the game for a long time. You got to feel like he's the guy making the money now, yeah. right? Like uh, him and Favreau are the, 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 the new. Captains uh, owe the ship. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so maybe, maybe there is a little uh, drama because human beings are, you know, us <laughs> so there can be drama i suppose yeah well i mean look at what he said uh after theory had his emotional and we all had the, those emotions when luke skywalker oh, came back at the end of mandalorian and uh we were you know we were very emotional over that and uh his his response on his corporate account was to say that emotions aren't for sharing 
which yeah. he tried to walk back and nobody i don't think anybody like, bought oh, it. it was supposed to be a joke or whatever he said like yeah and i, I i'm I, i'm i'm no i don't watch theory as much as i used to we, no no is neither. that well, a very not, pr way to say it he's just not but, talking about stuff i'm interested in right now no and, and yeah it's very negative but i <laughs> i stand with him behind that like, oh absolutely sure. i do i for, for sure, sure i do because yeah, uh, yeah. i wept like a child <laughs> uh, me too. Me, yeah. me, two thousand, two million. I'm sure there was a a bunch of other people out there. And as far as keeping it all straight, what about the nubs? <laughs> the nubs. That's a whole other yeah. story. That is a whole other. Yeah, well, it's all know. that's all blown out now. It, it, well, but it, now it's a screw up. Yeah, but now there's, it's there's it's a, an inconsistency. It is. There's also a culture of lying on purpose to protect the the the, the property. Yeah. We've been doing it since since uh, Blue Harvest, right? Oh my gosh! Right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? There's a cult. There's a whole culture of of trying to s- save something for the fans. Yeah. By by, but the the truth has got to be manipulated or held back. You know, like even Absolutely. the action figures when they're launched, they're like Bravo, Reno One, and you're like, which which character? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. No what was what uh, we all collect action figures? What was the uh, the line? There was a bunch of action figures that just got released. They all had oh, it was the uh, first wave of GI Joe classified. They were all named after like insects. Yeah, like Rhino crazy. Beetle. Yeah, Rhino Beetle, yeah. and yeah, it was just all crazy yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah. Save it and protect it for the fans. Yeah, and they did right. the same thing with but, the Spidey uh, retro line, with everything being like pepperoni and anchovies. Right. Everybody right, right, wants right. like you know full disclosure and to be honest, but if they did that, then nobody would enjoy anything because you'd have the whole movie five Spilled minutes after you. you know somebody would just. <laughs> hand you the script and you could read it yourself so that's right I, yeah, yeah. as i get older i try harder to be you know start to stay center in terms of that like i don't want to i don't want to delve in i don't want to know if there's a crazy surprise coming that's going to blow my mind but at the same time i like to know you know what the actors are doing and who, who they're going to be playing kind of thing so it's, it's yeah, a fine like line that, that i walk right yeah 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 do i want do i want to know what i'm getting Sure. You know, I mean, that's why, you know, you, any, every fast food restaurant in the world's got a big colorful menu to kind of entice you. Yeah. But do I really want to know what's in my Big Mac? Not really. (laughs) No, no. You got to give it to Disney though, for their trailers, like with say Avengers infinity war. Oh, Where, the, like, the misdirect. Yeah, there's characters sure. in that trailer that never appear in the movie. So, and then again, you get a lot of that comes from the, you know, the in the film industry, they talk about the dailies, right? So you're yeah. the stuff that you're you're sending back every day that you're reviewing that that may not make the final edit, and like the that whole, like you say, the Hulk and the Hulkbuster or Bruce Banner and the Hulkbuster suit yeah, that just never, yeah, the Hulk, yeah, that never made it, right? So you got to think, was it in there at some point? maybe could be yeah well there was an entire toy based on that i think the biggest the biggest intentional misdirect goes back to the spider-man film with the uh, the brazilian the brazilian trailer where suddenly it's like people could see the the invisible impact hitting the lizard and then everybody right. was all over it, and then suddenly that trailer was gone <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah fans are so much more astute now well it's got to be just has- yeah, it's gonna be so hard to put out a product now. Absolutely, with that level is. of scrutiny and and that yeah, kind oh, of yeah. microscope on it. And the dark side of that too is you're gonna run into more people remembering things that, you know, Mandela yeah. effect ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, oh, I remember seeing that in the trailer, but it wasn't there. What do you mean, C three PO had a silver leg? That's right. A really good example of that is my favorite line from the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull trailer is the 
uh, you're a teacher uh, part-time and it's the way he delivers the line in the trailer it's so good it's, it's so memorable it's, it's, it's indie and then yeah. it's delivered differently in the film right it's so like pre- previous cut. it's a different cut yeah and you're like wow that's that's not good <laughs> loses some impact all right well i got one more one more detail one more thing this is from two days ago Mm. Uh, so, uh, as of this recording, it is uh, Sunday, the 20th of March in uh, 2022. So Friday, Friday just passed Disney plus updated the landing page for Obi-Wan Kenobi, where they've included uh, a new description for the show that nice. says that during the reign of the galactic empire, former Jedi master, Obi-Wan Kenobi embarks on a crucial mission. Kenobi must confront allies turned enemies and face the wrath of the empire. Oh, nice. I love it. I cannot wait to see this. Now, the, I want to sort of just talk about one line in that it, it mentions, uh, you know, uh, former, former uh, uh, allies turned enemies and it says enemies plural. Mm. I mean, the obvious answer is, is Vader. We know that Vader is confirmed to come back for this played by Hayden Christensen. And we know that they're going to meet at least twice uh, in the course of the series. But when the description says uh, or, uh, enemies plural, you guys got any thoughts about who else, what else might show up? Well, your theory is actually really good that you told me earlier this week. I've got one. Yeah. And that makes sense because at this particular timeline in yeah. the galaxy, there yeah. is a crap ton of them running around. Uh, absolutely there is. And that would be the clones. <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, entire army that just turned from ally to enemy well the other the other obvious one is i mean the inquisitors that are going to be introduced in this if you're not familiar with inquisitors we're going to do a little uh, quick primer on those here coming up but these are uh, dark side force users who are trained by vader uh who are out to hunt down the surviving jedi from order 66 it's certainly obi-wan being a member of the council uh, yeah. would know the Grand Inquisitor in his role as the head of the, the, the Temple Guard. The Temple Guard, yeah. you got to assume that those those two knew each other well, I would think. You would think so. Yeah. So I just, I yeah, and... You know, I would, I would count him on that list. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even a few of the others being, you know, Padawans that have, uh, uh, that have returned or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah. And then... I, I have to I have to think that a, a good number of the five oh first went with with Vader. Yeah, I mean they became his uh, Vader's fist, right? So I, yeah, uh, and, and there's that too. And you know, even even contact like the, you know the the whole the whole world has changed. So it, you know, it could be his buddy from the diner in in Attack of the Clones, uh, <laughs> and, and he could totally yeah Dexter <laughs> yeah. turn on him. Right, so like so, uh, these are the things. It's a whole different era of the galaxy. It's the the one that we all, the sandbox we all wanted to play in the most. Right, what happens? Right, after. right, right. Uh, and now we get to we get to chill there for a, a few episodes. It's very cool. Well, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about that too. Uh, in the sa- very much in the same vein that we just had the most Boba Fett ever. We are about to get the most Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, that's not necessarily true. The, the Clone Wars gave us a lot. But, I mean, nothing so focused on him. We're getting a six-episode six uh, limited series where each episode is in that one-hour bracket. So yeah. we're talking like six hours of Obi-Wan-centric storytelling. That is a lot. And the best yeah. thing is 
Egan goes through as much dark stuff as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we know he makes it out to episode four. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that's it's, one. It's a trilogy of movies. Six hours is a trilogy. Yeah, absolutely, movies. it is for sure. It is and completely focused on him. It's great. All right, so where are we now? What do we know? We know that uh, the show is coming out here on uh, Wednesday, the 25th of uh, May of this year. And uh, I just put that in there for everybody's uh, <laughs> for everybody's benefit. May the 4th be with you. Revenge of the 5th. Um, hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi on the 25th. And then we'll be back with our first full episode of The High Ground. That's Sunday, Sunday the 29th. But um, so as it stands right now, uh, if, you, if you look up sort of who's got what credit so far that they've actually released. Uh, so both Hossein Amini and Joby Harold have uh, writing credits, but also Stuart Beadle, the writer of Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and Hannah Friedman, who is actually a writer on the upcoming Willow reboot, Willow. as well as uh, having written six episodes of Trolls, The Beat Goes On. Those are your confirmed writers. And of course, Deborah Chow, uh, as our director for the uh, whole thing. So for the most part, we're in good hands. I believe we are. And that brings us to, uh, I guess, the main course. Are you ready to break this trailer down? There's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you watched it? Uh, too many to count. Yeah. Okay. Too many to count. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm the Halifax expert on this trailer right now. <laughs> I don't know. I've been checking the, awesome. I've been checking the boards, but. Yeah, I've seen it a numerous amount of times, and okay. and and paused it and screenshotted it, and you've scrutinized sort of it the way drooled that we over it. <laughs> yeah, uh, quite that's a bit. Great. I mean, that's been my part-time job because uh, the rest of my life has been just hectic. So all my pauses have been on that, really. Yeah, uh, for, well, since it dropped for sure. Well, it definitely has me energized for what's coming, and so. All right, I know we got a minute and 46 uh, seconds of footage to break down here, but there is a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Our trailer opens, and it's uh, Obi-Wan riding across the Tatooine Desert. We can see the twin suns off in the distance. He's riding on an EOP. And if you don't remember EOPs, they were first introduced in uh, The Phantom Menace in a uh, not very flattering scene. <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. this is the scene where it farts on. Plop, plop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then we get a, a shot. We cut to uh, uh, a settlement of some kind, and it's Obi-Wan leading the EOP through the streets. Now, uh, there is a rumor about this, that this is not an established, uh, it is an established settlement, but it's not mm -hmm. one we've seen before in Star Wars. So it's not most Es or most Eisley or most Espa. Neither most no. Eisley or most Espa. Not another. Yeah, it's definitely another not. part of Tashi Station, maybe. Tashi Station, I uh, we've seen is supposed to be, uh, it's just kind Remote. of its own little thing. Yeah, and I, I gotta tell so you, maybe I, Anchorhead. So, this is the thing I, they are saying that it's Anchorhead, and I have a slide coming up where I ask that question, is this Anchorhead? And in my yes. own defense, I made the slide before I heard the rumor, so I did Perfect. not copy anybody on this. Yeah, all right, so yeah, this could in fact be uh, Anchorhead. Very much a reuse of the uh, the the book of Boba Fett sets. Hey, might as well use them. redressed. Yeah, well, and with the volume, they don't even have to be sets anymore. No, they don't. It'd just be the same the same shots. Like he could be in the same town, you know, or they just redress things. Uh, I've got slightly. a 
I've got another one coming up here where I actually have a, a cut a cutout of uh, the Book of Boba Fett sort of superimposed over Obi-Wan so you can see how it, how it was reused. But yeah, so this is a, a, a reuse of that set. Then we get this interesting uh, shot of Obi-Wan. Looks like he's cutting something, maybe a slab of meat or, or some other thing. And <clears throat> the, the, the thought around this is that Obi-Wan in his exile has had to get a job. Gotta eat, right? Gotta this eat, reminds me of the uh, the scene from The Force Awakens with Ray <laughs> in the sca- in, while she's you know cleaning uh, the rust off of her stuff. Mm. I kid you not, Hank. The next line in my notes reads: "The scene reminds me of Ray at Nima yeah. on Jakku." <laughs> wicked, wicked. Earn those rations. <laughs> at this point in the trailer, we hear a very downtrodden Obi Wan say, "The fight is done. We lost." And uh, that's that's the only criticism I have about the trailer is that they the way that they peppered the uh, there's some some text that they peppered through and then the way that the characters who do get a speaking part in the trailer it's kind of stretched out over the minute and forty six so it's kind of disjointed mm. um, but that is the opening line of dialogue from Obi Wan the fight is done we lost then we get a shot of more riding across the desert. Uh, back on his EOP. And I just want to talk for a second about off in the distance there. Now, this is something we don't see very often. I mean, we saw lots of it around Mos, Isla, or Mos Espa because the city was in a crater, but the rocky, craggy outcroppings in the distance is uh, a little bit different. And I have to wonder um, if this ties into... Now, I, I added an extra image here. Uh, before the trailer dropped, did you guys see the uh, Entertainment Weekly images that came out? Yes, yes. So one of those images shows uh, Obi Wan Kenobi living in a cave. Mm-hmm. He's living in a cave at the start of the series, so he's not living in Old Ben's house out on the edge of the Dune Sea. He's living in this cave, and I have to wonder, I have to wonder if uh, the cave is actually in that rocky feature that we're looking at off in the distance. Hmm. Living yeah, in the seen- former hole of a crate dragon. I don't know about that. Maybe it is kind of round. Who knows? All right. And then we get to the next scene and we get this, this uh, shot of Obi-Wan who's just sitting there. Now I got to wonder again, is this the same feature we just looked at, but from another, another angle. So I kind of felt when I saw this and put two and two together, I thought this might be outside the mouth of the cave. In fact, right. That's what I thought as well. But off in the distance, if we, if you have a look, He's looking at a very particular structure, and of course, mm. that is the uh, the Lars farm. Yeah, and uh, we can see that. Um, so this is a location of convenience. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we got a message. Those, I mean, comment coming in from uh, YouTube. It's a friend of mine, Nick. Says, "Hey guys, hey to you too, Nick. Nick. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining in. I hope you're enjoying the show. Stick with us. We got lots more to talk about." The range on those things is tremendous. You recall in the cut scene from A New Hope, Luke can see the star destroyer yeah, attacking yeah, the Tantive up in space. The battle. So it doesn't necessarily mean those mountains are real close to Luke. Uh, Not Luke's necessarily. No. no, no. All right. So uh, the shot is uh, of Obi-Wan's macro binoculars as he's staring at the farm. The farm looks just like it did back in A New Hope. And we can see uh, both Owen... Uh, played by Joel Edgerton and Baru, uh, who's played by Bonnie Pless, are uh, outside walking around. So good to see that they've come back. And then the scene uh, does a quick uh, change where he changes focus 
and we can see a young boy pretending to uh, fly a starship or maybe like drive a speeder. And this is, of course, uh, Grant Feely's Luke Skywalker. Talk about those cutscenes, though. Wearing those goggles, does that harken mm. back to uh, the the cutscenes where Luke's sporting a pair of goggles on his bucket hat? Yeah, and I kind of got the feeling that maybe because there's a he makes a motion where he shoves both hands forward like he's in a pod racer. I, you know what? I kind of thought about for a second too. How much does he know about his dad? His father, really? Is that the I, like talking? The, the, just that little arm movement threw yep, up yep. so many questions for me, like. Does he know his dad was a famous pod racer when he was a kid? It's easy to know that know. about Anakin and yeah, nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have his dad twist everything else. But somewhere, somewhere, you know, maybe even in Anchorhead, where the kid might have gone to shop with his uncle a few times, there might be a plaque or even, you know, the only human to do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I kind of got that impression that he was pretending to, to do so a, a pod, pod racer race. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Never his mind on where he was or what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. All right. This brings me to my first, and and this is just me. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stretching at things a little bit here, and you guys can either you can either slap me, you know, for being way off the mark, or you can give me the attaboy that that I may or may not deserve. But the next <laughs> scene we yeah the next scene we get is uh, the the inverse of that Obi Wan's uh, macro binoculars. And I know we've seen macro binoculars before, but I mean, are these not like really eerily close to the the visor version that the clones wear? Yeah, and I thought that the in the last slide with the the shape of it isn't that the exact same shape when Cody is watching Obi Wan Revenge so. of the Sith yeah. run run yeah. off on that the creature? Oh, it I looks, I, yeah, I should have looked for that. <laughs> I think if you screen cap that, you'll find that that it's almost identical. Yeah, that, that is a that is right. a clones. So like, yeah, and I just wonder if that's like a holdover. Like maybe that was uh, gear that he had when he was still a a, a general in the Grand Army of the Republic. He grabbed what right. he could on the way out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could have pilfered it off of anybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we get a, the next one is uh, he's dropped the the macro binoculars. But I thought, what a great opportunity just to check in with you and McGregor and uh, have a look at him back at uh, Revenge of the Sith here in two thousand five. And just compare that to where we are now here in, uh, I guess, 2020, uh, 2021 when they were filming this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the man has aged well. I think he's a, this is going to be a great return to the character. All right. Then we get, uh, we get the Lucasfilm logos. And at the very same time, we get the bombastic opening of Duel of the Fates. (laughs) Oh, uh what a cool choice of music to use at this point. yeah and you know for them to go no mall at all is very strange in terms of that well does that not go right back into what we were talking about before (laughs) what very strange in terms of that duel the fates though i mean the fate of of anakin skywalker is that not sort of prevalent uh i mean that obviously is going to be a theme going forward in this show with their rematch I think that touches into, you know, we were talking before about the line that uh, Vader has with Luke uh, in Return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Mm. And I mean, we have to get some resolution to that. So maybe, you know, I I just rewatched Revenge of the Sith, too. I've been doing it. I haven't been sitting idle. And Padme has a line at the very end where she she, her last words are they're still good in still good in him. Yeah. Save him. Find him. Save him. And that's got to that's got to probably hurt Obi Wan the most because he can feel that. 
I can imagine. I can't you imagine know, that like, the show is not going to have you know Ben try to to redeem uh, him. I mean, it's we've talked about how big of a theme that redemption is in Star Wars, and right. I can't see him completely you know abandoning. Given that we know that at the beginning of the series that he is very downtrodden, he's failed. He's not the you know he's shattered. He's mm. not the same man he was at the height of the Clone War. Right. And his failure, his failure to Anakin weighs heavily on him. I can't <clears throat> imagine that he's given up on him completely. No, and, and this at the same time, we have to remember that all those exact same things happen to Anakin. Yeah. The, yeah they do. You know, the failure to save uh, Padme. Uh, you know, so these characters are still tracking simultaneously on, you know, on these, you know, um, so I, I I can't help but think that that Obi Wan has to believe that some some way that like he can fix this all. And yeah. the yep. thing about uh, that people miss in the comics is um, how much of a, a driving force Vader's hate for Obi Wan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of him actually uh, encompassing the, the 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 Vader character, the the mantle, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he blames Obi Wan for the death of Padme. Yeah, that, that's right. That, yeah, that's yeah. His, like he literally thinks that they were having an affair. Yes, yes the Emperor does. has put all this stuff in his head. So like this is going to be a very different meeting. A very you know like we've had ten years for Obi Wan to 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 brew on the past, and we've yep. had ten years for Vader to get it so twisted in his head. We're looking so at it's, a, it's going to be dynamic. You know, the Vader that we saw, uh, the ruthless Vader that we saw in Rogue One, we're talking like it's that Vader. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, the man who is at the height of his rage, if I can say it that way. You read the stuff if you guys get a chance. I'll try to send leaks or post links in the, in the socials. The, the comics where Vader trains is in charge of training the Inquisitors. Yeah. And there's, there's this, there's, I mean, it's a few scenes, but he, he limbs one of them each because oh. th- he wants them to learn what loss is. Okay. It's like, I mean, he's a, it's serious. Like the, the, he is a dark, dark, dark character. He's lost right, right. so much and been hurt so badly. And, and is the, the manipulated child the whole time. Yeah. Uh, fantastic stuff in the Vader comics guys. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk a little bit because there's a there's a thing from the Vader comic that I've kind of made a note on here in the next couple of slides. Um, actually, this one here that we're going to talk about right now. Perfect. Because the we get the we start uh, we change scenes and we get this overhead shot of a new class of shuttle that we've never seen before, um, and it's it's this all black kind of looks like a stealth fighter kind of thing. Now we've seen this in the concept art, and we know that this is the shuttle that our main inquisitor character is going to is going to ride around in it has a lot of design elements that are similar to the the delta class shuttle that we saw in rogue one that orson krennic used mm. but this is a lot smaller like incredibly smaller uh with a, a flip up wing design which is a which is a big departure from the vader comics because in the vader comics we see them using this zeta class shuttle painted all black right so that's interesting. I don't know. The silhouette kind of reminds you of a uh, snowspeeder. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah, I, I guess so. With it's some this, extra. 
It's a serious nod to Vader's castle too. Just the, uh, in, yeah, in oh, the yeah. orientation it is there, it, you know, strip the wings off it and it's got the Vader's castle look to it. Well, we're going to get another nod then here coming up shortly. Uh, over the course of this, uh, this portion of the trailer, we can hear a, a male voice say, the key to hunting Jedi is patience. And of course, we're going to find out later on that that is the voice of the, uh, the Grand Inquisitor. Okay, so uh, the scene plays out, the camera pans down, and we see that the shuttle is now approaching a large monolithic um, uh, structure uh, protruding out of the water. This is the uh, Fortress Inquisitorious. And the Fortress Inquisitorious, it's a mostly underwater facility on the planet Nur. And uh, we were first introduced to this back in uh, Jedi Fallen Order in the video game. Mm-hmm. Now, Nur, if you didn't know, canonically speaking, is in the Mustafar system, which makes it very close to Vader's castle. Just, uh, <laughs> skipping the jump. That's right. Yeah. Um, the scene is very quick, and I had to I had to stop it to get this, but uh, we can see sort of on the landing platform there, we've got a, Lamb- a Lambda-class shuttle that we saw back in Return of the Jedi. Nice we crap. have several, several Imperial landing craft that we saw in The Mandalorian. And then we have a bunch of little, well, there's at least six of them on the, the right-hand side there. I'm not entirely sure what they are, but I have a sneaking suspicion that these are probably uh, more of this land, the, the new shuttle with their wings folded up. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like a, an in-between uh, uh you know, Kylo Ren's sort of uh, advanced tie, weird oh, Sith his, kind his of tie. hybrid thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it kind of like looks like it's headed that direction. So you, I think you might find that these are, uh, you know, a larger fighter uh, that are assigned to the Inquisitors. Or a specialized, yeah, a specialized yeah. fighter, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. All right. So then after that, it's uh, back to uh, Tatooine. And we get, or at least I think it's Tatooine, where we get the big reveal of the Grand Inquisitor. Now, the Grand Inquisitor is being played by uh, Rupert Friend. uh, Mm -hmm. And you may remember him from the film Hitman Agent 47, uh, as he played the uh, the title character in that. Now, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, first introduced to us back in the first season of Star Wars Rebels, uh, in the the multi-part, basically the theatrical or, or theatrical length Mm-hmm. Uh, intro pilot movie and uh, in that he was uh, played by Jason Isaacs and uh, now I guess we can't really uh, we can't stop on this without talking about sort of the the big elephant in the fandom and that is the uh, the discussion over why does he look the way he does when he's based on the power species that we saw in Attack of the Clones mm. He was dropped on his head when he was a child. Well, this has been some of the weirdest, and we've talked about this before, here, how, here, how weird it is. Here's the thing. Uh, Chadwick, Bozeman, and I are the same species. Yep. We don't look alike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you people are uh, so diverse. I, I hardly ever get mad. This, this petty stuff gets me angry. And that's why I've had to steer clear of it. I, this I think one I got me on angry the most. I'm going to start hitting people till they look like cartoon versions of themselves. Cause this, I, this is the most petty uh, thing I could find. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, Thrawn's skin is too blue. Uh, Luke's 
lightsabers too green. Like if Cad Bane wasn't blue enough, I, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. again, you don't have a leg to stand on, so you're grasping at straws. The thing hasn't even been out for like it's not even out. It's not, not and they're all saying change it. This is the one that got me. Change it because they changed Sonic. Because the they, I saw that Sonic as well. Changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's already finished. This is they're not filming it like you as we speak. It's no, in this the is, can. This is done. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> and he looks great. Uh, he does. He and, looks fine and, to me. You know, the 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 pound from Revenge of the Sith didn't have to backflip and spin a double bladed lightsaber around no, and, didn't. and fly and flip and kick and kill. And and this guy's got to be a little bit more practical. Coincidentally, the uh, the Palin that Obi Wan speaks to, uh, if you didn't know, this is just a little uh, FYI. That's uh, actor uh, Bruce Spence. It's the guy who played the gyro captain in uh, Mad Max Two, nice. the Road Warrior. Nice, same actor. Yeah, very cool. When you had posted that thing the other day, Hank, and you talked about the you know how ridiculous this was, Ugh. it was. It's the only comment that I. It's the only online comment I've made because I, I'm. I don't want to come across as 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 putting the wrong message there, but right. I had said, I had said every comment I read about change the look of this character to me, it's like people don't realize how precariously close those comments are to, they all look the same to me. Right. Like, and that's just mortifying on every level. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, and okay, here's the, there's a thing in Hollywood too. Okay. So, um, Actors want to be recognized for what they look like. Yeah. Right. So you, you're not going to put a leading man in prosthesis unless you're Doug Jones. Right. Or, or, <laughs> or, uh, right. I mean, like there's gotta be a meaning to it. They're like, I agree. Absolutely. I just, I think that they're, they're trying to, they're walking a fine line. And I think that the, this is the most innocuous thing that you could pick to, you know, uh, and they yeah, went I after totally the poor agree. fellow playing the other in inquisitor too. Um, oh, uh, um, who's playing the fifth brother? Right. Yeah, yeah we're going to get. You know, they started getting into that too, and it's just, I, if you don't have anything nice to say, stop please saying just stuff. Just please don't, because we're all tired of it. We really are. Yeah, it's a crazy space to be a fan because the 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 fan base is so polarized. Yeah, it's it's I, crazy. It's super hard to not just completely discount those people. I don't like that. Like we had this discussion. I don't like that real fan talk. No, but it's so I. hard to not discriminate against these bozos. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right. So, have we talked about uh, about the the Grand Inquisitor enough? Yeah, so. he looks We're, fantastic. He does. He looks great, and I can't I wait see him to fight Cad Bane. Uh, <laughs> yes, that'd be awesome. I just, uh, you know what? If his performance is anything like uh, just the 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 little bit of voice work we hear, right. I'm very excited to hear or to see what his performance is going to be like. So I am all in uh, for Rupert Friend, and and uh, I, I wish that him. red thing on his chest is on the wrong side. <laughs> well, you're not a real fan. <laughs> I'm going right. to reserve my judgment till I see him. So we we bounce back over to uh, Tatooine where we see uh, what I have I think is a speeder train uh, racing across the desert towards a settlement, and this is the uh, hey is this Anchorhead? <laughs> like mm -hmm. I kind of wondered if it was got a cool nice. little tower off in the distance. Yeah, it doesn't look like Moss Eisley from any angle that we've seen before. No, and, catch a uh, transport there to Moss Eisley or wherever else. Well, you this go. is it, right? I mean. Uh, yeah, that could be it uh, entirely. Which brings me to the next one, because now we have Obi Wan sitting on the uh, on. I believe this is the same vehicle, the train. Mm. Um, 
And this is this is the biggest question. I have I get this like it's a commuter train vibe off of it. Yeah, yeah. He's just leaving I, to work. You're on Nobody's, your work. Yeah, yeah. No, no one's got baggage. He's on his way to do whatever task he was doing in that. Uh, that yeah, when he was that cutting, sheltery thing, exactly. cutting the the yeah. the outpost thing. Right. That's right. right. You want to work? You show up. You get on the train. Well, no, exactly. All right. That being said, the other thought that had crossed my mind was, you know, is this the like the line from you know you could I could give you a ride to Anchorhead and you could you know find a way to Moss Eisley to to get off world. Well, is this, that's true too. Is this what's happening here? I mean, the look on his face. He's very. Mind you, again, when you travel on the subway, and it's been a, been a lot of years for me, but, you know, the subway is very much a very lonely place, you know, yeah. everybody's sort of inside themselves. That's right. And that's that comes through here in this in this shot. All right, we move on now. We're going back to uh, Noor, to the uh, Fortress Inquisitorius. And as I said before, we got uh, our first introduction to the Fortress back in Jedi Fallen Order. So I just included a little... Uh, a little uh, picture in picture there. That's uh that's Cal Kestis in the uh, level where you actually have to swim your way inside the fortress. So um, that's what we're looking at here. This particular room, potentially a throne room. Uh, as you can see, one of those chairs that's unoccupied has the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the monolithic wings on the back of it. Sure does. So, I mean, the, the big sort of like, is that Vader's chair when he's visiting? Another thing to point out there too, there is a uh, stormtrooper in the background. There's two stormtroopers in this, and that that's kind of got me like, oh, because, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up a little bit later, but like, I associate the Inquisitorius with the purge trooper and not the standard stormtrooper, another mm-hmm. mill guy. So I'm I'm a little bit like, are they gonna put purge troopers in this or not? Well, maybe. I at the end of the day, this is an imperial facility. And you, yeah. do you guys remember the production uh, footage from the uh, the little Disney drop? It came out earlier than that, but we got it on the Disney drop. Right. There's production footage of a bunch of stormtroopers standing on the inside of a gantry, and oh, outside yeah. is underwater, and it's all green tinted like that water there. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, this is a fully functioning imperial base as well oh, as yeah. the headquarters of the yeah yeah of the Inquisitors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, so we got uh, this. Is the first time we're actually seeing our main Inquisitor character, the the lady standing in front of the table. Her name is Reva or Reva. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how to pronounce that yet. We haven't heard anybody say it, so I'm not really sure. So here's the thing: is she the main Inquisitor character? She has a I, name where none of them, none of the others do. Well, so here's the thing: they call her Reva, and but then they in brackets. One of the sources I read refers to her as the third sister. Okay. So she does have a sister designation. I mean, certainly they all have names. Um, yeah. uh, that I mean, we're privy to a couple of them, but no, I mean that's possible. I, I hadn't heard her referred to the, the yeah, third yeah. sister yet, so that's cool. Well, as you say, though, like is she the main character? And talking about inquisitors having names in Jedi Fallen Order, there's a you know you build a relationship with an inquisitor and you find out who they were before right. they became an inquisitor, right? And you learn that character's actual name. And I wonder if that's sort of maybe sort of a a carryover. It might be. Right. But so uh, aside from uh, the, uh, oh, sorry, Reva, that's, uh, she's played by Moses Ingram and uh, Moses Ingram played Jolene in the Queen's Gambit. If you Mm -hmm. haven't watched that yet. Yeah, that's real good. uh, That's who she is. We also see two other inquisitors. We see a a female sitting down and we see a, a male as well. Stormtroopers stand on guard uh, on either side of the door, 
and there are a couple of empty chairs. One of the things we get a good look at here is the uh, the unique double-bladed lightsabers that uh, all Inquisitors carry. And uh, it's kind of Tron-like how they store them on their back like that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and then, of course, when they light them on both ends, the the thing about this, and it was kind of goofy, I think, you know, when it when it debuted on on uh, Rebels, is they spin really, really fast, kind of like the the General Grievous. Yeah. In, in fact, enabling them to fly. Yes. Uh, and I, I really, I actually, Lauren, Lauren has this theory that the Jedi aren't very uh, imaginative because she thinks like if she had the force that she, she could would do be way able, more. I could fly. <laughs> well, because it, if you could levitate uh, an X-Wing fighter, you certainly could levitate yourself. You would think so. I, I tend to think that there are sort of, uh, based on the, the Jedi handbook, there are certain yeah, yeah. just uh, traditional abilities that you hone. And right. therefore, that's not one of them. And I also thought that maybe giving into the Peter Pan like joy of of flight might be walking too close to the dark right, side. Right, right. But I totally buy dark side characters being able to fly, and the little helicopter uh, effect from the the, uh, the, go-go the lightsaber is is, is yeah. really cool, man. Go go gadget saber. I want to see them fly in live action. I really do. I hope. They I think it it'll off. be cool. I yeah, think as far cool. as the spinning saber goes, theirs looks much more practical than Thanos's. Oh right! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanos right. doesn't have like that full There's, circle to allow that. Yeah, just, you know. It. Yeah, right. All right. Well, um, we should talk a little bit about Inquisitors. I know we've mentioned it before in some of our other uh, review series, but as this is going to serve as a primer to Obi Wan Kenobi, and they do feature prominently in this series, let's talk a little bit about Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. Inquisitors first introduced to us uh, in the Star Wars role playing game back in 1993 in the uh, source book fragments from the rim were introduced to a character by the name of Antinous Tremaine. And uh, he was high inquisitor Tremaine. I'm not sure where high inquisitors fit in. We never actually hear the term used canonically. So no, maybe it's just what the grand inquisitor became, hmm. but uh, Antinous Tremaine was a, a fallen Jedi that had been turned to the dark side. Then we fast forward to the prequel era. And uh, when the new movies came out, it kind of messed up the timeline that had been established certain things like uh, mostly about Palpatine's rise to power, which really threw things off because up until the movies, uh, the role-playing game was the recognized canonical timeline. Right. uh, And it led right into the novels. So this character went through a a bit of a retconning and then eventually was uh, scrapped altogether when of course the canon was reset. Yeah, nobody's uh, nobody's honed in on this as the the uh, genesis of the Inquisitors. By the way, I haven't seen anybody really uh, not quoting. Just oh, they started in Rebels. Oh yeah, well, which is you know th- that's accurate in terms canonically. Of that's that is true. That's true. Uh, canonically, that is true. but this yeah, is yeah. the this is the uh, birthplace. Origin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The reason that I show and I I put this in here because the one thing that's remained consistent uh, about uh, Inquisitors from the very beginning is that uh, in both the old legends and now the new canon, they are all personally trained by Darth Vader. That's right, and that's a very important detail. So. Um, yeah, so because we know that Vader could not go out and hunt down the Jedi single-handedly, that he needed uh, other people to do it. And so he trains a cadre of, of uh, Dark Force wielders that are going to go out and help him do this. 
and uh, it, it'd just take him longer. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But now he's in a position of power. Time to outsource. But the one thing that's, uh, that, like you say, with the new canon, like with Jedi Fallen Order and um, in Rebels, is that a lot of them are uh, Padawans who, you know, were forced to turn to the dark, turn to the dark side, or die. Right. You got to figure that's why Palpatine wanted that list of four sensitive children. Yeah, he's going to make an army of inquisitors much yeah, more powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, you got to even figure he would try to dabble into, you know, more along the lines of the uh, uh, Galen Merrick uh, storyline from uh, oh, the games. It's awful. The, oh, the, uh, um, uh, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed, uh, where they they're trying to clone Star Force Killers. sensitives. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to make an army of of Sith or Jedi, like subservient though to the to the Emperor. Right. Right. All right, our next slide is uh, what looks to be a, a back on Tatooine, and it looks to be a public hanging. Alternatively, I mean, I suppose it could be somebody being held up by the force, but I get the 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 vibe that this is a this is an mm. execution. Mm. This is a public display. Um, if it is a uh, display of the force, maybe the Inquisitor is currently, you know, choking from the other side yeah who yeah. knows who Maybe knows just getting this way because it's going to focus on someone in the crowd this looks ties like, in yeah go ahead hank oh it looks like modern day moscow yeah 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 <laughs> uh this ties into the rumor that uh there is another jedi survivor that has been hiding out on tatooine hmm. so hmm. i don't know i don't know if that's true or not but as i say there is a rumor that another jedi is on tatooine and if that's the case that changes everything for uh for obi-wan and uh, there's another sequence here later on that kind of you'll get sort of that sense of like how ominous things really are. All right, here we are. We get a shot at uh, Reva. This could very well be within that same sequence. Uh, really, really close up of Reva. And uh, one of the things I want to <laughs> this is me just pure. Uh, this is my pure like I hope they do this for my to, to, to serve my fan service moment. But uh, the female Inquisitors that we've seen uh, both in in Rebels and in uh, Jedi Fallen Order have this like really awesome stylized helmet. Yeah. And I kind of hope that they uh, we get to see her wearing that. Very Vader-esque. That's absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, the other thing, like I say, Vader couldn't go out and do it all by himself. So they have per uh, they have uh, Inquisitors, but even the Inquisitorious. They didn't do it alone either, and they commanded a force of clones, the Purge Troopers. Hmm. Do you think we're going to see Purge Troopers in this? Maybe. I know that they love to dig deep. Um, I, and I like to think that they, they're... <clears throat> well, we know that they've been, or the rumor has been that they were encouraged to go bigger and go deeper Yeah, uh, by Filoni. So I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like... A, uh, a sheet laid over top of the script that had like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this, this points to that. Uh, yes. This, this points to that. Uh, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It'd be, it'll be a pleasant surprise. Uh, I would love it if they turn up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm so not done with the clones that <laughs> I, I mean, how them. close <laughs> we were to Cal Kestis in, uh, you know, we the were screaming batch. for him in the bad oh, batch. That yeah. It yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. This is uh, prime territory for Calcastus as well. Right, right, right. Well, Purge Troopers, would that not be prime territory for a furthering of uh, Crosshair? Well, there's a whole bunch of, I mean, there's a bunch of clone stories 
that could still be, you know, resolved, um, you know, yeah. this, this out far past. And really we haven't had a good, it's not that far past. We haven't other than Boba Fett, we haven't had a, uh, a clone story in live action yet. No, no. Oh. Unless you take the one, uh, retconned rebel troop on Endor. Oh yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Sant. Yes. There's not, uh, it, yeah, he's, it's not Rex. He's Nick Sant. He's a human. He's not a, he's not a clone. Um, we get to hear, uh, the grand inquisitor again. He says their compassion leaves a trail. All right. In the background of this, we can see Owen and then the camera kind of flashes over and he's looking like really, really pensive by the way. Um, Joel Edgerton has got a bunch of Dick Clark syndrome going on there. Cause the man has virtually not aged since 2005. Yeah. 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 Um, you got to wonder what's going through Owen's mind at this point. Because given what he knows about uh, Obi-Wan being on Tatooine and who Luke Skywalker really is, like he's got to be thinking like, oh, crap. At some point, we knew this would show up. Well, you got to wonder. I mean, like we see uh, Owen in A New Hope and how adamant he is about, you know, staying away from that. Uh, he's just a crazy old man. Stay away from yeah. him. He may not know that Obi-Wan's there yet. Well, I mean... He, he, by rights, he should. I mean, the last thing we see is Obi-Wan handing baby Luke over to them. Mm, I mean, does that's that, true. I, I mean, that's that true. moment could technically occur again within the show. Does, does Ben, uh, I, I'm going to go with Ben. Does Ben tell them at that point that he's going to hang around or does he just ride off into the desert? Never to I be see, seen again. I think again? that there's a catalyst between him living in a cave within binocular view of the homestead yep. and living way out in the dune sea in a hut. And I think I think you're going to find Obi Wan and and uh, Owen actually butt heads. I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. Owen. I think this scene is sort of the catalyst where Owen is going to approach Obi Wan and say, "You got to get the f out of here." Right. You got to get away because you're jeopardizing my family now. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So um, yeah, side by side, he's <laughs> virtually uh, ageless. My God. All right, so now moving along, we get uh, a shot here of, of uh, Reva, and she's crouched now on top of a building. This is another new world that we're going to be going to. This planet is called Dayu, and Dayu is uh, said to be a key location of the series. And according to uh, Joby Herald, it uh, sort of has a Hong Kong feel to it. It's got a graffiti-ridden nightlife and is kind of edgy. It's just got a different lane and a different feeling. That's a direct quote, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, so it's uh, patterned after Hong Kong. And uh, how funny is it in this that the uh, the neon sign behind her translates into ER? Nice. <laughs> is she literally crouching on the roof of a hospital? Maybe. That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty normal. Where she's going to put some people here in a minute. All right. Sticking with, uh, I think this is actually the same sequence just from over her shoulder. She's still looking out over the city. And, uh, yeah, the, the neon sign off in the distance translates into milk, green milk in this case. Got, I guess. got green milk. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, where'd we Very go? Here? Stylized oh, yeah. K though. All right. This next one is kind of neat. And, uh, I'm, this is, we're going to chew the fat on this one a little bit. We get uh, another shot of the, uh, the, whatchamacallit, the, um, inquisitorship. The, yeah. Can we call it that? The inquisitor shuttle, I guess. Sure. And I, I kind of think that this might actually be the sequence that is that concept art is actually depicting with her, one of the Inquisitors, debarking 
which if that's the case, I'm really, really happy because in that concept art, that character is wearing the helmet. <laughs> and maybe a little disappointed because it's regular stormtroopers and not purge troopers, but mm. hey, that's okay. This is kind of cool. We get uh, we get this shot of an Imperial officer debarking uh, some kind of ship. She has a pistol drawn when uh, when she steps off. So clearly, some she's somebody who means business. Stepping into a situation. This unidentified officer is played by uh, British actress Indira Varma, who you probably remember from. Uh, she played in Rome. She played the character Niobe Varina. And she was Ilaria Sand in Game of Thrones, one of uh, Pedro Pascal's wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just to point this out, she has been incorrectly identified as a captain in the Imperial Navy. But because uh, who was it was um, what's his name there, Hank? Um, who's the YouTube channel you'd like to watch? New Rockstars. Oh, yeah, yeah. New Rockstars called her a captain. That's not true because we know that uh, in the Imperial Navy from seeing Captain Bragg in the Bad Batch, that a captain's rank plaque is just four red pips, no blue. No so blue. Yeah. no blue. So the best I can, was two cylinders too. two code cylinders. I don't even know if code cylinders even play a, a role in rank anymore. That's the, and that's one of my biggest complaints. I, mean, used I, to. <laughs> I, hope, I know that's the thing. I hope somebody over at Lucasfilm uh, is paying attention to this stuff and they put out a new, updated rank structure because it is really really difficult to sort of figure out who's who Mm -hmm. uh, when you're just looking at them the best i can come up with uh, is with the with the two blue she's a commander which gets really crazy because in the modern world a captain outranks a commander but in star wars in the imperial navy a commander outranks a captain captain. that's right (laughs) it's kind of funny yeah in the in the rebel uh, the rebel alliance it did as well Commander right, Skywalker, yeah. Captain Solo. Captain Solo, yeah. Uh, so we also hear the Grand, uh, the Grand Inquisitor uh, pipe up again. This time he says, the Jedi Code is like an itch. All right. Flipping ahead, we get a shot to uh, the, the female Inquisitor that we saw sitting at the table uh, back at the Fortress Inquisitorius. She's now uh, what doing, it looks like she's walking a, some kind of lineup. Uh, I assume that this is back on Dayu. And uh, the sign behind the uh, corrugated steel reads Hoss Market. And uh, if you watch the trailer uh, uh, in slow-mo, when she gets to the end of the lineup, there may or may not be a Wookiee at the end of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. More of that Hong Kong vibe. <laughs> this Now, this is Obi-Wan uh, also walking amongst a crowd on Dayu. I almost wonder if uh, the way that the trailer is edited... They, it kind of presents it like he's on the other side of the street watching the Inquisitor do that lineup. I don't know if that's the case, but that's kind of the what the editing would kind of suggest. Yeah. Uh, we get the, the Grand Inquisitor one more time. He cannot help it. All right. Now we get a stormtrooper standing in front of a very tall droid. Uh, the droid actually has the same uh, aesthetic as uh, the KX uh, security droids that we saw yeah. back in uh, in Rogue One, but also the uh, the N5 Sentry from the Mandalorian, maybe a mix between the two. Maybe uh, now there's a there's talk about who this might be, and uh, if you've checked out sort of the uh, the 
the IMDb or the, the Wikipedia pages for the show. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is listed as uh, one of the cast members for Obi-Wan. Do you think that uh, he's going to be playing this droid? Maybe. All right. It's, cool. but it would maintain the, uh, what's the thing where the, the comedic consistent with the trend of uh, recent trend of comedic actors playing droids in star Wars, like Alan Tudyk, mm-hmm. Taika YTT, Richard Iowade and Matt Barry. Oddly enough, the, uh, the writing on his chest translates to Ned. Nice. <laughs> so maybe he's playing Ned. I don't know. All right. Okay, this is going to spark a lot of conversation. I can tell that already, because as soon as I saw it, I mean, if you were like me, you probably hit the pause button and went, what? (laughs) This is probably one of the biggest Easter eggs uh, in the entire trailer, because uh, on quick glance, if you're not really kind of paying attention, you're like, oh, it's a stormtrooper standing there. But that is not a stormtrooper. That, in fact, is clone armor. So, uh, cool thing in there. This guy is holding what looks like a hammer or maybe some other tool. So I'm not sure what that's about, but I mean, have you been following sort of what people are saying about this part of the trailer? I have not. Uh, Lauren mentioned something to me briefly about a blue belt. Okay. So there is a, I didn't get the blue belt and really we can talk about that. Uh, I've heard everything from this is Rex to Cody uh, and any other number of clones. But I mm. don't think it's either of those people. And, and talking about the blue belt thing, I think the blue belt thing is a way that people have been using it to connect it back to Rex, if not Rex, at least back to the 501st. I just figured 501st when I heard blue. And that's, well, and that's not a crazy and stretch. It's not. But just just to remember, just to remind everybody that, canonically speaking, clone belts... Hold on a second. Let me take this off here. Yeah. There we go. Clone belts... They're white. Yeah, no, it's true. There's no colored belts in the clone army. So, I mean, is it a misdirect? I don't know. But I want to bring I want to bring this to, to everyone's attention. If you look really, really closely at this. Cody has a gray belt. Oh. I just I just looked over at my figure now. Has Cody has okay. Cody has a gray belt with the orange uh, pouches. Orange pouches. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, the one thing that Cody doesn't have that this clone has is a yeah. mechanical hand. Mm-hmm. There are hinges on those fingers. That is not a human hand or arm. That is, at the very least, that is a prosthetic hand, if not an entire prosthetic arm. That's hard to see for me. I'll have to uh, go yeah. go back and take I, a I look will. at it. I'll take a better look at that, yeah. So that brings me to my wildest, wildest speculation that I'm going to make on the uh, on our inaugural episode here. <clears throat> not so wild. I don't think it's so wild. You don't think it's wild? I think it's got merit. I think it does as well, and I'm going to bring it up again, but I'm going to say... Close inspection shows that this character has a mechanical hand and perhaps an entire mechanical right arm, so we can safely rule out Captain Rex because we know that Rex makes it right through to the Battle of Endor. But I am convinced that this is either one of those rare con- uh, cases of clones overcoming their inhibitor chip, just like Tech spoke about in The Bad Batch. Or, or this clone is a deserter that did carry out Order 66 and is trying to live out the rest of his days quietly because the other part of this sequence is there's a stormtrooper that walks past the door well this is my hail mary i'm going to propose that this might be echo 
He's the only clone that we've seen so far with a prosthetic arm, and it is on the correct side. And I want to say this. Is the hammer a subtle metaphor for the interchangeable tools that we've seen him possess in other media? Could be. There's another thing that I'm going to bring up here in a minute that kind of kind of ties in with that. But I that's my uh, if I had to hail Marriott and if I if it has to be a clone that we've seen before, I'm going with Echo. Mm. All right, let's move ahead here for a second. All right, back to uh, the rooftops of of uh, Dayu, and we get Reva who leaps off this uh, tower that presumably she's probably cut it with her lightsaber uh, and then jumps to the, the rooftop of another building. And then we come back to this sequence where we have the Grand Inquisitor lightsaber ignited and it's full on spinning where he says, where is he? And I don't think it's a, a, it's a very big stretch to say that I think we've seen this bald head before. I do think that that is Tamira Morrison, and I do think that it is a clone. And I actually think that it's the clone that we just saw in the other sequence. And I say that it's probably Echo because look at the back of his head. Look at the uh, mechanical parts there, almost like the mounting bracket for Echo's head computer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only now, maybe the head computer has been removed, and he's just trying to live quietly. Anyway, that's my crazy wild theory. If we have to put a name to it, it's Echo. Awesome. All right. Um, okay, where are we going here? I think Echo's about to die there. Well, this is it. Well, this is it too. Like, and I thought about that. Is that like we have a bunch of years uh, for the Bad Batch to to play out? Yeah, this is right. like ten years. It's ten years after orders uh, Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's ten years. The Bad Batch can run around for five. They can do they all the stuff the that they want to. Yeah, and go go their separate ways, and then we pick him up here. Yeah, and maybe this is the tragic ending of Echo. I mean, wouldn't that be just like crazy? Yeah, I mean, his proximity to Obi Wan, you know, uh, that certainly would be a personal, another personal shot, you know, yep, to try to absolutely. draw him out, right? Yes, absolutely, it would be. All right, we get another shot of uh, this is the, you get the real Hong Kong vibe off of this. This is a street level shot. This is the fifth brother leading a squad of stormtroopers down the street. There's a bunch of neon signs everywhere, and they kind of repeat themselves. The blue ones, you got things like Gungan snacks, as well as uh, just generic signs for market. And uh, we get the milk sign show up again. As I said before, it is the uh, fifth brother, and he's played by Sun Ka- uh, Sung Kan, who played Han Lu in The Fast and the Furious. Now, the fifth brother was uh, originally introduced in season two of Star Wars Rebels. His species is never named. It's just simply described as a humanoid male. And in Rebels, he was voiced by uh, Philip Anthony Rodriguez, who played Dr. Evans in the Medea films, if you've seen them as well as uh, several one-off television roles. The uh, original design for this character, believe it or not, is based on an unused piece of concept art from The Force Awakens, Hmm. which I've included here. I actually think it's probably an unused design for A Knight of Ren. Could be. Yeah, right. That's kind of the vibe I get off of it. But yeah. They were trying to do the the Jedi killer, uh, trying to come up with uh, Kylo Ren. They, They came up with dozens and dozens of different designs. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have a really cool uh, art art of book where they they run through uh, 
and and most of those designs became knights of ren so it wouldn't surprise oh, yeah. me yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me either all right the next one is a couple of escape pods um and i asked the question is this a flashback is this possibly uh, obi-wan and yoda heading off under their respective uh, exiles wouldn't shock me no me neither i, I mean i don't think we're gonna get the level of flashback we did with boba fett no <laughs> 40 minutes in the flashback yeah i i you know, you can't rule out that we're going to get little glimpses. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think How that they that's, got where yeah. They are. yeah, yeah. So on the subject of flashbacks, because I really, really hope that they do this, um, because this, I mean, going back to the Clone Wars, would it be uh, awesome if we got a flashback of Obi-Wan and Anakin in live action looking like this? <laughs> I would absolutely love that. That'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, we've sort of, I mean, well, obviously we've got the action figures uh, to sort of like play at those <laughs> those childhood fantasies. But honestly, if we're going to like, if we're going to lean into the Clone Wars stuff, why not just embrace it fully? One thing you could do, as they touched on in uh, Star Wars Visions, yep. have him just pull up like a little hollow cube. Oh, yeah, yeah, And it'd yeah. be like an entire, you know platoon plus those two leaders, right 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 right, right. Yeah, that's supposed to be because like photos don't really play heavy in star wars i don't even want it to be a photo i just give me like a sequence of the of the two of them on a in a battle dressed like that just one little live action thing just enough to go to connect the the dots between live action and animated mm-hmm. and i will be happy all right in our next sequence we get um we see Reva leaping over a table as she draws her lightsaber, stopping whoever this guy is from fleeing. This might be the Jedi survivor that we saw in the public hanging. Well, he's got hair, so well, he does. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things we see here, we see Reva is using just one blade on her lightsaber. And uh, in this configuration, the round disc uh, aspect is actually folded in half where it more resembles the traditional handguard on a real sword. Now, this is the one where I said, like, this is a straight-up reuse of the uh, the Book of Boba Fett set. In fact, this is the street out front of the sanctuary where the Hut twins get marched up. Nice. When I just assume that all the practical sets are, are reuse of that, so... Might as well. Uh, why not? No sense building ten of them. No, no. <laughs> In the next uh, shot, we get a black-clad hand uh, touching uh, what looks to be the Jedi sigil inscribed on a wooden wall. And, of course, that is Reva. I suspect it's Reva. I can't see it being anybody else. Uh, That's a shot of Reva from the Entertainment Weekly uh, first photos that we saw. And then we get uh, this uh, face-off. And, again, Reva, I assume that this is Obi-Wan and not just an unnamed gunman. I've heard people say maybe it's Han Solo, but I, you know, I don't know. I've heard rumblings that it could be Cad Bane as well. That's not one I've heard. <laughs> I'm hearing that for the first time. Would you want or, it to be Cad Bane? Or a clone. Or a clone. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. There's possibilities. It could be uh, so many, right? Like, but, right, uh, right, right. A, a la Kanan, we know that Jedi sometimes switch to blasters to hide their... Absolutely, they do. Yeah. Uh, and then it was really hard to see, but there is some writing on the wall, and it translates to logic. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then sticking with the whole blaster theme, when we move ahead, 
again, we're now we're on a rooftop now, and I'm pretty sure it's Obi-Wan pinned down behind some kind of box on a rooftop. He's being attacked from uh, two different angles. What's interesting is uh, the one guy who he's facing off, the blaster fire uh, from his his blaster is amber colored, hmm. not red. So we know that that's not uh, that's not an Imperial soldier. Uh, and then the blaster fire from the other direction, it's like a hail of like red bolts. So right. who knows? All right. And then we get something interesting here because I think this is actually this structure, whatever it is, kind of bursts and you can see it getting hit with blaster fire. It may even be the thing that Obi-Wan was hiding behind using for cover. And as it blows, we get a bunch of green birds come swirling out of the thing. And, uh, I think the biggest, uh, the, the forerunning theory is that these are a bunch of uh, convoy owls. Uh, and we've seen convoy owls before as they are closely, one of them anyway, Morai, is closely associated with Ahsoka Tano. Nice. And of course, we've seen uh, Morai in live action before uh, in The Mandalorian. But we've never seen a large group of them uh, together like this. Mm. So interesting to see if they're like, was it a like a rooftop? bird cage bird box <laughs> aviary yeah 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 exactly somebody's breeding them like pigeons assuming that they are con uh convore yes at all um i don't know i that's the the leading theory i kind of like it it's kind of cool It'd be a nice touch yeah and then i just put this together at the end because these these were sort of the 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 titles that kind of came up peppered throughout the trailer but they didn't make much sense to not put them all together so this is kind of like, I assume this would be like the tagline for the show. Between yeah. darkness and defeat, hope survives. And that's good to know because everything that they've been saying about the script rewrites said that uh, the original scripts were really, really dark. Really dark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Dark time. All right. And then uh, <laughs> as we close out the trailer here, as we're getting towards the end, the next one, um, we get this... Uh, the thing with Obi-Wan where he's kind of looking down kind of pensive. And then he just kind of looks up for a second towards who knows what. And then we get the title cards. And uh, in case you didn't notice the uh, used Obi-Wan's lightsaber as the eye in Kenobi yes, mm-hmm. they did. of which mm-hmm. I've just enhanced. So nice. <laughs> and if you watch it to its full uh, extent, the, the lightsaber, lightsaber does Disney. the arc of the Disney plus yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. yeah. The we get the uh titles. Uh during the titles though, we actually get the uh the Vader breathing in that. Mm-hmm. It's the only I mean, other than Duel of the Fates, and it is the only direct like reference to Vader we get in the trailer is his breathing at the very, very end. Right. Yeah, and as you say, the Disney Plus logo flashes up on the screen and it is a blue lightsaber blade that cuts the uh, the Tinkerbell fairy dust swoosh in it. Haha, ha, very clever, Disney. We like it. We approve. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's a theory as to who he's looking up at with a little bit of hope. Sure. Qui-Gon's Force Ghost. Oh, see, that is one of the things that I have been, like, super, super, like, biting my fingernails over. Like Yoda told him, go work on this in the uh, desert. Training so, for you, I have. Yeah. Training. Give us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only problem I'd have with that is that it's it's implicit that Qui-Gon never completed the training and can't manifest himself physically. Only his voice. 
He, yeah. he, he tells Yoda that straight up. So anything oh, right. beyond a, a Liam Neeson voiceover is going to be breaking canon for me. You know what? Even if there is just the voiceover, uh, it would be I'll be perfect. happy with that. I, in yeah, fact, it's gone. I, I, it has to be there. Is there no precedent for, for Qui-Gon being able to complete the training after death? Uh, I mean, they could certainly invent the precedent. <laughs> I guess <laughs> they'd so. have to cover it though. They'd that being said, that being said though, like you just said, if that happens, it would ruin it for you. Would it really ruin it for nah, you? Or? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> if they covered it, if they explained it a little, maybe, but he, I mean, go back and rewatch it. He's pretty implicit. Yeah, with Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Sean Colbert says, I bet they won't do any forced ghosts in it. I tend to agree. There is every uh, likelihood that they won't. Yeah. Um, Where you will see a forest ghost, and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to call it a year in advance. Is I think you're going to see Hayden Christensen as a forest ghost appear to Ahsoka. There's got to be some closure that would there. Be cool. Yeah. Well, there's this question about it. now. Here, here's the thing, right? Obi Wan, we know he's going off world. We that's right. We, we questioned that before. What's he going to do on Tatooine? Like you got for twenty years, nineteen years. You got to get him off world to draw whatever the danger is away right. from Luke. And so right. now we're doing that. Yep. Um, good Lord. Where was I going with that? I mean, Jimmy Smith has been cast, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah I the, mean, what I was going was if Obi-Wan's leaving the planet, there's a question of, is anybody looking over Luke while Ben's gone? Yeah. I, I mean, it's true. Uh, they've also cast, um, Breha Organa, a fee, like Leia's, oh. Leia's adopted mother. Leia's mom. So and I think I think, that, wife. I think that Obi-Wan might be trying to double dip here. Like, I think he might go off world to try to help Leia. Somebody to captures Leia. Leia. Like, she's the That's princess of Alderaan. Cool. Right? That's, yeah, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. That would be more that high profile. Yeah. Right, that, right, right. Like, something that draws it all together. Where well, that, may, that know, begs an, in, an interesting question there, then, because... You know, with the uh, in Jedi, when it's like you know, there's a um, when Ben says, uh, or sorry, in uh, Empire, when um, when Luke leaves to go and rescue Han and Leia, Ben's words to Yoda are, "That boy was our last hope," and Yoda's right. like, "No, there is another, right? Whom we all just assumed as kids was Boba Fett." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I immediately slapped a lightsaber in that guy's hand. <laughs> I'm the other. But I mean, yeah. well, that's true. That that is true. Uh, he, but he does know about Leia, and it, well, he definitely knows that she's she's alive or that she yeah. exists. I mean, he was I mean, there the, for the birth. Yeah, right. But maybe thinking, well, see, the same thing is, applies to Luke that he hasn't had any training for for very long. You know. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see what does a Jedi who, uh, you know, like with anything, with any skill, what does a 10 year, a 10 year absence do in terms of your skill set when you aren't practicing anymore? I think very interestingly, I'd like to see if he follows suit uh, and cuts himself off from the force uh, as a way to protect himself. A la, a la Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I, I, very interesting if he, and, and you know, even Grogu uh, and yeah. Cal Kestis. Yeah, Both, yes, uh, closing themselves off. Right, so that they couldn't be mind-bred. Yeah, Literally, yeah, like, yeah. you know, in certain cir- certain circles, you're 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 going to be vulnerable to that. Uh I'd be very interested to explore that. Uh, you know, I, I can see a, I can see a scenario where the events of the series take place and towards the end of the series coming back to Tatooine, 
yes, I will keep a, a, a watch over Luke. And then as you say, move away, uh, move away from the farm, mm-hmm. close yourself off from the forest. That way nobody else has a reason to come looking because they right. cannot, they won't, uh, you know, sense me through the force. We, uh, there's gotta be, Vader doesn't find out Luke Skywalker is that is the, is his son until yep. after the battle of Yavin. Right. He's in the comics. He's obsessed with finding the pilot that yes. destroyed the death star. Yeah. And it, they just happen to be part and parcel. He, he employs Boba Fett to find the pilot and yeah. Boba Fett tracks basically Luke Skywalker to Obi-Wan's hut where right, we're right. in the middle of finding that chest. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's lightsaber and his book and all that stuff in the middle right, of that. Right. Uh, Boba and Luke have a fight and that's where he learns that he's Skywalker. And that's right, the first right. time Vader realizes that. So there's got to be some sort of level of Luke is safe from yeah. the empire. Yeah. But I need to leave and come back to ensure that safety. But I think yeah. that, I think that the inquisitors uh, will draw him out, but I don't think they're there looking for Luke. I think they're there looking for him. Yeah. Or, I, I or, agree with that. Or even, um, and I've also read that an actor has been cast to play this other Jedi and that the, the, I can't recall the actor's name, sorry guy. And that the character <laughs> has already been named as well. Right. And, right. Um, he, I think that's, uh, who gets hanged maybe, or something I think draws ties in. I think we're thinking the same thing that yeah. it's, that's where I kind of go with the, like Owen just watched a public execution. Right. And if Owen knows that it's a Jedi, then he's the one that's going to be the the catalyst to to Ben. Like you need to get like GTFOH, right? You know what right. I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm super excited for this. I can't Most say excited. enough good things about you know a minute and forty six seconds. We've just uh, we've just waxed on that for like just over an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, what did you expect? It's our show. Yeah, <laughs> you knew we weren't going to go light on it. <laughs> no, super excited about this one. Yeah, I'll be keeping my eyes open, uh, looking for other marketing. Hopefully, there. Yeah, it's a good-looking figure. Hopefully, there's going to be uh, another. They say this is a teaser trailer. Um, yeah, we're going to definitely be getting more. Is it? Mm. Is a teaser? Uh, they I usually do three. I don't think it was a, a teaser as being nearly two minutes long, though. Yeah, maybe no, I'm just off. It's that the teasers are that weird style with the, the jump cuts and the yeah. the displaced dialogue. Nobody's actually saying dialogue. You know, so yeah, they yeah. move their lips on the screen, right? And then the disjointed wording like that cuts it up. Yeah, so I think yeah, yeah. you'll you'll get some like you know actual dialogue in a, in a proper trailer, maybe maybe a scene. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And if they didn't, you know, even just have Vader turn his head and look at the camera at least once, I think people will flip right out. <laughs> like that, yeah. You know? Big question about Vader is: uh, Will James Earl Jones do uh, the voice work? I. You know, he did do Rogue One. He did, and he did sound wrong though. Like he's he's On an older level, fella. Yeah, he's like yeah, a ninety-five-year-old yeah. dude now. I thought and he sounded great in Rogue One. To be he honest, he did sound but... great. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that it was him. But uh, the guy that does the voice in Rebels yep. is so good too. So what about what about the technology that the the machine learning that they use to do Luke's voice in the Book of Boba Fett? I'd rather have the animated actor do it. Interesting. Personally, I I wondered. I, I thought about that too, because like there, I, I've seen a few like social media posts where people are saying like, outside of James Earl Jones, who is your favorite Vader voice? And there's like there's two or three of them 
actually it's quite a few. There's like four or five, but there's two or three that keep hitting the top of the list. And that one is the guy who did um, the animated series and most of the the recent Lego stuff. Right. Uh, and then there's the guy who did uh, the the uh, Force Unleashed games, and they tend to rate pretty high. Yeah. But I wondered, like, is there enough? You know, uh, could you get the isolated vocal tracks from, say, all of James Earl Jones' film work? Have him sit down and 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 do a reading for some machine learning. Could you come up with a a, a digital composite that's that is you know um, if it's if it's more natural than what we got. If I had to pick anything that hey, sure you know, sure. Sean says uh, I heard James Earl Jones was doing the voice. Well, let's well, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll uh, yeah we'll find out soon enough. And uh, of course, you know, fans will be. The judge of that. How, yep. how no well jokes, though. No choking on your aspirations or anything like that. Right. My, my Vader doesn't <laughs> do one-liners. <laughs> what he doesn't even say, you know. Thank you for you know. We thought you didn't, thank you for joining us. Or oh yeah, yeah. Coming for dinner it would be it would be a, it would be an honor if you would join. If us. That is, you know, honor. in terms of that, he does actually uh, have a weird sense of humor. Uh, Vader, uh, a little bit. So I yeah. at first I really didn't like that line that he gives to Krennic because it's. You know, he turns, he makes the hand gesture like, don't choke on your aspirations. Oh, yeah. I like that. I, I thought I, it was super that. corny at first. It was the thing oh, I, I had the problem with the most. And at subsequent yeah. watches, I, Vader you does. softened you on know, that? Yeah, because he does like, uh, he he chokes Mahdi in the, in the, in the oh, yeah. hope. And he, you know, he has a witty line after he chokes him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's good that way. Yeah, he, yeah, I guess he just, he just does. I guess the other big question is, uh, it's like Hayden hasn't been in the role since 2005. I mean, obviously Ewan hasn't either. Um, Hayden being a little bit younger, he's had a, a little bit more room to, to, to breathe and grow as an actor. Do we think that we'll get more, uh, you know, if we get some flashbacks, do you think the performance will be there? Like the, that Anakin will be less wooden. Is that I, the right word? So. I have, I mean, let's touch on the fact that George asked him to be wooden, that he dumbed him, yeah, he okay. dumbed him down on several occasions. It's in it's in several of the uh, the making of Ruth's Revenge of the Sith, where they, there's private conversations, or even you yeah, know on yeah. camera where they talk. He's, you need to be more stunted in your dialogue. Interesting. Uh, you need to match Vader's pacing more. Okay. Um, so I think he was asked to be a little wooden. Um, yeah, yeah. I I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like to think that we're going to get Vader in a tank, uh, you know, Vader uh, out of the armor. Uh, yeah. I think we might explore some of that. If they don't have plans for a Vader show like this, this is a great place to explore what the comics touch on. And that's, that's, yeah. uh, that's what, where Vader is mentally. The, the, the armor is designed to inflict pain. Right, and right. When he's not in the armor, uh, he might get a moment of clarity. But he's going oh, to die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going yeah, to die yeah, yeah. without the armor. So that the thing is that he's addicted to the pain. Interesting. That's it's, it's what the, the emperor does it on purpose. So yeah, those moments yeah. when he's meditating, and I've sent screen caps of you uh, to you guys from the comics where he's meditating. He's this like mass of red and black writhing worms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except his missing limbs are still blue with the force, with the light oh, side of the force. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's I mean, he's he he struggles. Like he 
there's a in one of the dreams or one of the meditations he's being surrounded with blue butterflies which is i i had harped on that during that uh, mandalorian episode with the yeah blue butterflies yeah yeah the blue butterflies being anakin yeah. skywalker's sort of like uh yeah force like familiar if you will but he yeah. does he does use force lightning of a of a sort to kill the butterflies in a scene uh oh, and you know knock the light side of the force out of him even more but right, I, i'd right. be really interested to see uh hayden christians acting chops with that stuff yeah um, i I'm, and you don't have to be you know he's going to be in a tank with a thing over his face and all kinds of prosthesis and missing yeah, limbs yeah. and stuff like but it would be very interesting to see this is where um, i hope that this is where I hope that, you know, in some of these flashbacks, because presumably Obi-Wan's going to be thinking about his failure. And I mean, there's a great, there is a great opportunity to use the flashback tool is to flash back to those moments where Obi-Wan thinks, Oh, I could have done it differently here. or I could have done this over there. So or we could get yeah. out of the armor performance. But here's an interesting question too. Um, yeah. Does Obi-Wan know if he's Anakin? Well, th- does he oh, know that he knows that? As, I, I believe. Know. Does that? he know that Anakin survived? The oh, survived Mustafar. Mustafar. That's an interesting question. Has he heard oh, of Vader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is like, yeah. does he? You know, how widespread is Vader leading the troops? Because ten years in, Vader's just a general. Well, he knows. Well, you he know, should know because I mean, there's the whole conversation between him and Padme about you know, uh, you know, she even says that Obi Wan had told her that uh you know about killing children right so but she i mean and she's level. she's delirious at the end and she says there's still light in him save him yeah yeah yeah. but obi-wan is probably thinking to myself ah sorry i just killed him there's probably like, yeah there's a part it, of that too yeah there's another thing psychologically here that that someone asked me who wasn't a big star wars for watching it why why in that moment doesn't obi-wan just walk up and behead him and not because he's killing his enemy but because he's showing grace to his brother yeah yeah and ending his pain so there's a there's a deep you know like that that thing weighs on obi-wan more than that's gonna be something for that character to chew on yeah i should have killed him not Uh, the jedi way but i should have done it right i can i can see him struggling with that for sure yeah this is so nuanced we're gonna get a hell of a ride boys my god yes well, that is uh, that is our look. That's a uh, fandom power presents the high ground. It's our first look uh, at the first teaser trailer for the upcoming uh, Obi Wan Kenobi series. And don't forget, that's going to be. Let me see if I can flip back here to the right, the right slide. I got Coming at us in May. Yeah, later on here, pretty soon. Uh, my God, I'll find it here eventually. Apparently, we're overlapping with Miss Marvel, so that may impact yes. our show. <laughs> There we go. Uh, and what did you say, uh, Andy? You said there was some overlap too. Uh, was... Yeah, apparently we've just got a release date for Andor. Yeah, and yeah. it's going to be coming at us in August. Right. So I mean, we're looking at six episodes. Six episodes of Obi Wan in May, which will overlap with Miss Marvel. Yeah. On the eighth, I believe. And then right into Andor. Yep. Oh boy, it's going to be an exciting time around here. Fantastic. And then try to do, and then try to do anything else we want to do. <laughs> right. Don't even, don't even plan it. <laughs> Just know what you're doing for those two months. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. All right. So it's uh, May 25th. It's a Wednesday because that's what Disney has chosen to do. So not to compete with Netflix anymore. And like I said, we will be back, uh, the three of us, with our first full-length episode of The High Ground as we take a look at episode one uh, or chapter one, however they decide to to label it. Um, 
And as always, if anything else comes up between now and then, uh, if we get another trailer, if we get another trailer and it's really, really good and not just a bunch of reuse, maybe we'll do another one of these and we'll, yeah. we'll look at that trailer as well. But um, anybody got any more they want to finish off on before we get going? Oh, I just can't wait. Uh, I'm in that good. same boat with you guys. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, that's it for me. For uh, Fandom Power, everybody. My name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. All right, and we'll uh, see you on the next one. Bye for now, guys. We'll be with you always. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.